Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened, where we discuss, explore, and connect with fellow empaths, healers, intuitives, and seekers. Hello empaths, today we're going to be discussing how you can make a deeper connection with your angels. Joining us on this week's show is Taylor Page, who's an angel reader and spiritual teacher. Calling herself a spiritual chiropractor rather than predicting the future, Taylor works with her clients to help them realign with their highest good. We're so happy to talk with you today, Taylor. Can you just start us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you got started on this wonderful path? Yes, thank you so much for having me. Um, So I grew up with a mom who had her sun and her moon in Pisces and who was an astrologer. So the spiritual world was always really present for me, even in childhood. But despite that, I still grew up being super scared of things around my bed when I was sleeping. I feel like so many empaths, so many people with heightened psychic abilities go through the same exact thing in this society of not being empowered. And so attracting lower vibrational entities in childhood. And I feel like it's almost its own test for empaths to like reclaim your power, to get to a place where you can hold this space for other people. So I grew up super scared and super closed off. And because of that, I was kind of spiritually blindfolding myself because I didn't want to listen to my intuition. I didn't want to see anything that the normal five senses couldn't see. And so um, from there, I hit a rock bottom in my life. I was in a toxic, abusive relationship. My health was really bad. I was on the wrong career path. I was just, my light gradually got more and more dim because I had my third eye blindfolded. And so basically I just had no choice, but to let myself open back up because by blocking myself from all the quote unquote, scary, bad, or misunderstood stuff, I was blocking myself from my angels and the benevolent forces and my guides. And so I was just so lost. And so I got to this point where I decided to work with angels because they're pure, unconditional love. And that is what really started me on this path. I felt so safe and so held by my angels. And I started giving readings to friends and friends of friends. And I was a comedy writer and an actress before this path. And I never, ever in my life thought I would go down this, but it was just green lights from the universe. And now I'm here. (laughs) Oh, that's a beautiful summation of how you got started. And you know, Denise also had some support growing up, right? With your intuition. I did not. And I always thought, I guess incorrectly now that if I had a parent, especially a mom who was like, well, let me read your birth chart that I never would have gone through those hiccups you just described. But I like the way you say it's kind of like, um, you know, just a, a test we have to go through before we graduate. Yeah. Yeah. I really felt that. And It was interesting because when you're a kid, you don't have the ability to articulate what's happening. So I felt like I had the kind of relationship with my mom that I could talk to her about anything, but I didn't even know what was happening or what I was experiencing. There was a weird disconnect there. Yeah, completely understand that. So many people say, oh, it's the angelic realm. Do you feel like there's a stronger presence right now because of everything that's going on in the world? And what would be some ways people will know? Because I I do believe that they're with us. They're here to help us. They're here to guide us and protect us. 
but how can, you know, so many people say, I, I call out to the angels, what would be some tips for them? So that, because I do feel like during this time of, of interesting, we'll, we'll, we'll call it interesting that, <laughs> that they're a little bit closer right now. Yeah. Well, I think that they've actually always been with us They're They've always been close, but we're waking up in big levels and actually feeling them. So it appears as if they're closer. That's a lesson I had to learn early on when I was going through a breakup and I was pouting to my angels. And I was like, you said you'd always be with me. And now I'm going through this. And they're like, we are always with you. Check yourself. You are not with us right now. <laughs> and so I think that more and more people, I see it in my readings too, are really having spiritual rememberings. And so it feels like the angelic realm is being more heard than ever, which is so amazing. And yeah, for people wanting to connect with your angels, I know that there are as many definitions for the word angel as there are people. And it's a highly personal uh, word to different people. Some people mean passed over loved ones. Some people mean archangels. For me, when I'm talking about angels, and I believe in all both of those things, past loved ones and archangels helping. But the type of angels that I work with primarily are our angelic guides, which are perfectly attuned to the vibration of our higher self. And they've been with us. The very first step is to invite them in out loud, because a core principle of working with angels and angelic energy is that they honor your free will. So um, inviting them in out loud is the very first step. And people say like, can I do it in my head? And I'm like, you can, but if you do it out loud, you'll see your level of shadow around speaking with the divine. If you feel like too crazy or too out there, it shows you where you might be blocking yourself from getting information. So yeah, I always say invite them in out loud and then you can ask them for specific signs. I feel like in this work, sometimes people can be really passive and be like waiting for something, but I'm like, ask them for a specific sign and assign meanings to it. Like angels, when I see a butterfly, it means that I'm going through transformation. Or if I see one, 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 it means I need to start on a new path, like assign these messages so that they have a language with you. And it will be really helpful for you as you navigate this path. Yeah. That's all such good advice. And I like the way you said, when you say it out loud, it reflects your shadow back to you. I don't, you're too young for this Taylor, but back in the eighties and nineties, Louise Hay was like, look in the mirror and say, I love you. And you're beautiful. <laughs> and did you ever try that Denise? the mirror work? I did. And it's not comfortable. It, no. it takes a lot of practice and a lot of time. And I love, love, love that you just said spiritual remembering, because that's what it seems like with so many people becoming more in tune with, with their own inner knowing and strength or their own connection to divine. They'll say, wow, this feels so familiar, or this feels like I've, I've known this my whole life. And I've, I've said that to many people that I think you're remembering, not learning. And it might be from this lifetime. It might be from another lifetime. So I love, love, love that you use that. And, and I do think that's the key is you have to be more solid with you in order to make a stronger link with spirit and trust them, mm -hmm. whether it's angels or guides or ancestors or, or whoever. Yeah. Trust them and, and trust yourself so that you're not feeling silly if you're doing mirror work or, or calling out to your angels for help. Now we get a lot of emails from people who say, okay, we've done what you've said and we have stated, okay, show me this sign if I'm supposed mm -hmm. to choose this career or show me this sign if I'm supposed to date this person. And they say, we feel that these signs have led us in the wrong direction. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Those are always difficult emails to read. How do you respond to that type of thinking where, you know, yeah. is it that we're misreading the signs? Is it that we're only looking for what we want to see or yeah. is something else going on? I think that this is an advanced mystical art. And when you are expecting to be like, I always use the analogy of the first time you hold a basketball, play a basketball, you're not going to be Shaq, you know, like you have to practice, you have to learn the language of your angels, you have to give it time and patience. And so I think that people are way too hard on themselves with this stuff. Like if you're not immediately at, which I would consider a professional level of being able to consistently understand and receive messages, then people are so hard on themselves, don't believe in themselves, get discouraged. That's just take it as information, take the hurt feelings out of it. Say, okay, that was just information. Uh, I got this sign and I thought it meant this and it didn't. So that is going to be practice to help you understand the signs that are correct or moving forward. That's one aspect of it. And the other one I think is at least working with angels is that it's less about predicting the future and saying like, yes, you're going to get this kind of job or you're going to be in this kind of relationship. And it's more about helping you navigate in the current moment to connect to the highest possible timeline. So I think there's a certain level of reclaiming your power and being knowing that you have the signs in yourself of being like, yes, I want this job. Yes, I want this relationship and not outsourcing that to your angels and your guides and waiting for a sign. And that is going to be more harmonious to work with your angels because they want you in your power. And so a, a, a more accessible method for beginners that I like to recommend is asking your angels what a yes feels like in your body and what a no feels like in your body and using that as your body as like your own little pendulum as you go through is a lot easier of a method than waiting for the signs. Excellent advice. Thank you. You bring up a very good point that it doesn't matter how connected or how much insight you get or how much guidance if you don't do the work yourself to apply that in your everyday life, it's almost my own personal view is it being kind of disrespectful to those that have, have stepped forward from spirit or from other realms to say, we really want to help you, but now you have to, to do some work on your end as well. So one of the things is that, that you're known for is uh, the angelic connection in dating. And when I, I read that, I, I cracked up because I was thinking, okay, swipe right, Archangel Gabriel, <laughs> Archangel Michael. And I was just, so I, we were, I, I know so many people right now are, they're looking for relationships or they're looking to, to find that heart connection. And I, I think this could apply with friendships as well as dating, but. Absolutely. Yes. And Basically, as I was saying before on my path of uh, remembering and connecting with my angels, I was in a really toxic, abusive relationship. And that was the lowest point in my life. It's kind of funny and I can laugh about it now, but I was dressed as the bride of Frankenstein on Halloween when we were breaking up. (laughs) Um, So like I do try to find the lightness, but it was such a rock bottom. And Every single woman or female identifying person, whatever pronouns you want to use, that has the majority of feminine essence in them has had a similar story, has had 
has gone through a relationship where their light was dimmed or it got emotionally or physically abusive. And part of my mission with this work was to really help young women connect with their power because to connect with your angels, there's an element of healing the shadow of healing yourself, of doing the work so that you can vibrate at a level to consistently receive their, their information. So love life to me is such an area that is a no brainer for connecting with your angels. And it's funny because during my Saturn return, I was bedridden in an eye patch because of course, and I actually wrote this manuscript for dating and love life. I was single for three and a half years. And in that time I was going from like bad date to bad date. And I was so discouraged. I remember there was a date I was on where I left early to go buy oatmeal at whole foods. And I was crying in the oatmeal aisle because I felt like I would never meet anyone. And so, (laughs) um, during my Saturn return, I wrote this manuscript and I I just got the clear message from my angels. Like your soulmate is around you this year. And if you put yourself out there and apply it, you'll meet your soulmate. And I met my husband that year using all of the techniques that I put in my book. And I actually met him on Bumble. And I feel like technology can be such a conduit and a portal for the divine, but if nothing less, it's such a great practice ground for your intuition to feel into the energies, not in a snooping morally gray area, but in a, how would they alchemize with me in my life? Like, what would that feel like? And so I think that there's so many things to say about this, but coming from an angelic perspective in dating will only help you see what is for you and what is not so much faster than going on a merry-go-round ride with these different people. That is fantastic. All right. Tell us, like, walk us through this, right? So let's start with someone who's like brand new back out in the dating field or has never tried Bumble or this online stuff. Mm -hmm. How would you use your angelic help to choose? Do I go on match Bumble, eHarmony, Hitch, Hinge? I don't even, Tinder, whatever (laughs) the other ones are. Yeah. So first, before you're even getting on the apps, I would really ask, am I in an energetic space conducive to attract love? Because before you're even ready to get on the apps, it's time to look at your shadows around love and attracting a mate. It's time to really analyze the patterns of past relationships. If you see the same lesson coming up again, um, it's time to ask yourself if you're comfortable being single, if you're living a life of love, and also if you're attracting rebound energy, which for me, the definition of rebound energy can be attracting, trying to compare someone to your last relationship. And it can be 10 years down the line. There's no time. You can still be attracting rebounds for decades after you got your heart broken. So I think there's a lot of internal, really true work to do on yourself to make sure you're attracting the right energy of love. And then when it comes to the dating apps, I always say with intuitive work and also Uh, this dating work or whatever you would call it um, to approach with playful curiosity. And so I think you can try all of them and see which one lights you up the most. And then if one is just clearly not working, then go off of it. Be very gentle with yourself. There's no right or wrong. And if dating apps completely ick you out and you are so dimmed by them, then you don't have to do the the dating apps. Like you can go to a matchmaker. You can tell your friends that you're open and have like a singles event, like do whatever, have 
fun. But um, yeah, I think just being super gentle with yourself because sometimes the message is it's not the right time to date. Don't push yourself. And what will come of pushing yourself will actually push you back three steps. So I think every single person is different with where they're at, but the most important part is being brutally honest with what your heart is asking for. Mm. And and the part that you brought up about being in the oatmeal aisle and crying and broken, (laughs) but then realizing something's coming for me. So you, you got to that place of surrender. Let me get out of the way. It doesn't have to stay this way. And then you were able to attract this beautiful relationship into your life who the other part that I think is the angel, the angelic realm, this work that you've done has allowed you to heal those parts that attracted what brought you brought in to begin with in the, in the toxic relationship. So I think a lot of people don't remember, you have to do some work often. I shouldn't say you have to, you often have to reevaluate or redefine or restructure how you're ready to be in a relationship and seen for who you are now, not who you used to be. And with so many people shifting and changing and awakening and, and becoming more comfortable with their, their spirituality and their psychic awareness, I think that that's a big, big part of it. Yeah. Um, so you mentioned, you know, say it out loud and, and, you know, really build relationship is basically what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You know, ask them for a sign, but build that relationship and learn to trust, which goes back to what you're saying about if you've been in a relationship where trust wasn't the benchmark, working with your angels is a great way to start practicing Yeah. that, that somebody's got your back. What other practices or um, tools? What could someone use to feel more, more confident that they are actually connecting with their angels? Yeah. So just really quickly about the trust thing. I think that's so true because you can't trust the messages that your angels are coming through, coming through to you if you don't trust yourself. And so you after a toxic relationship, that's the person you really need to heal to learn to trust with, because, you know, you allowed that to happen for a long time. Like for me and my relationship, it went for four and a half years. And the turning point was when I looked at myself in the mirror. I was, it was 3am. I was in a hotel. I had to get out of my apartment away from him. And I looked so just broken. And I looked in the mirror and I promised myself never again. And that was the beginning of being able to trust myself. And so, you know, that is who is the most important to trust in love life. Um, really important. Yeah. And then, um, so other practices to connect with your angels. One of my favorites is creating a miracle journal because we can have these amazing signs and synchronicities and dreams and all these cool things. And five minutes later, if you're anything like me, you've already forgotten. (laughs) So I always say to like, write these things down because when you're in a place where you're feeling disconnected, not supported, you can go back and read your miracle journal. And it's like, oh my gosh, yeah, I forgot about that. And it's almost as if the words contain the frequency of that experience and like gets you back into that space. So I think that's a really great one. And also working with Oracle cards is one of my favorite ways to connect with angels. And if you prefer tarot, then that's great too. Um, I pull a card every single day from my angels and that's something that's just really grounding. But I think what's really important and to not 
get discouraged on your path is that working with our angels and our guides does not absolve us from the human experience. Like don't get discouraged if you have tests or lessons or obstacles and feel like you're not connected with your guides because it's just not true. They're here to help guide you in the most harmonious high vibe way, but we still have to live the human experience. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. How can people tell that because you, you talk a lot about how it's angelic or it's, they work sometimes in tandem with our loved ones on the other side and all together, they're working to give us these signs and synchronicities to kind of wake us up and give us messages. Yeah. Should people be looking like, Oh, is this from my angel, my guide or my grandmother on the other side? Does that really matter? And how can people kind of start to discern if it does matter in your opinion? Yeah. So there's so many different forms of psychic information available to us. And that's why I think it's so important if you're practicing to set the intention up top with who you want to connect with and creating energetic laws and containers for that. And so I always start my sessions calling in my angels and angels have a very peculiar feeling or a particular feeling of just pure love. Like when they come in, you can often cry because you just feel so supported. Like it's just beautiful. And oftentimes people can project human like qualities onto their angels. Like, are they disappointed on in me? Are they frustrated with me? It's like, they don't have the capacity to feel that they're pure love. And so when your angels are coming in, if anything fearful is coming up, that's not from them. Anything mean, anything judgy, that's not from them. It's pure love. And it depends on what your senses are. For me, clairsentience is like so powerful. And I just feel like the warmth of them. So if you want to connect with a past loved one, then set the intention up top. Like I want to connect with grandma Jane, like grandma Jane, please come through. And that's so important at the start of your session, especially if you're newer or intermediate in this work. And it's like, you're getting a bunch of psychic information, but you can't really distill setting clear containers and intentions is so, so important. Yeah, that is very, very true. Setting the intention, trusting, and following your feelings. Yeah. So another aspect of your work is reading birth charts in combination with angelic work. Yes. I, my mom was an astrologer. So I grew up, we would do um, tea and charts. And she would have people come over and we'd sit at the kitchen table and I was obsessed. I would watch everyone get their birth chart read and I would inevitably make it all about me. I was like, what does this mean, mom? I have this and like interrupt. Um, So yeah, I I just feel so connected to astrology and I definitely combine my intuition with when I'm reading birth charts. It's almost as if I was raised with this language with my mom and now I can just speak it and it it comes intuitively to me. I can feel the energy of how all of the different parts of the chart mix and mesh. And so in my readings, it's more of a synthesis of how the whole chart comes together and what intuitive messages come up around that. Do you see any patterns like with people that are more receptive to working with the angelic realm, or if they have this in this house, or if they have, Mm -hmm. I'm not proficient with astrology. It fascinates me, but it's not it's not, it's not my primary. It's like English is a second language for me. It's not. primary. So. <laughs> um, you know, it's really interesting because there are some people whose birth charts that I read who I'm just like, how are you believing in this right now? <laughs> and they are actually at this like 
place where they're turning to angelic connection and they don't know what else to do. I think that most commonly, I think every single person, every single sign, every single person's birth chart has every sign within it. Even if you don't have planets in that sign, unless the polarity is intercepted, each house is ruled by one of the 12 zodiac signs. So everybody has Pisces energy. Everyone has cancer. Everyone has these psychic signs in them ruling over a certain portion of their chart. So it's accessible because we're all one. So if you lean too much into the story of who we are on like an egoic astrology level, it keeps you from being able to know that all of the archetypes are within you at some capacity and you can grow into it. That being said, a lot of eighth house energy is something that I see a lot of people turning to the angelic realm. I see a lot of people with their son in the eighth house that come to me because the eighth house is so shadowy and so heavy and so intense that there's almost this natural gravitation towards the light and towards angels and towards healing that the 12th house is very much spiritually connected, but it's interesting because I see Virgo energy as very angelic and Virgo's the natural ruler of the sixth house and Virgo's whole MO is being of service to the world from a very pure place. And I see uh, Virgo energy as being very connected to angelic energy, but truly every single person, no matter what your chart is, is living this human experience that will naturally attract you to the pure love of the angelic realm. Yeah, I agree. All right. Moving from astrology to numerology, there's so much on the internet now about angelic numbers. Mm -hmm. And I understand like one through nine and the master numbers, but I'm seeing things on the internet. Like if you see 11433, here's what it means. (laughs) It it seems a little, I don't know, suspect to me. What do you think in general about angel numbers and how popular they're becoming? Yeah, I I feel like it's all fun and games kind of like when I see those posts where it's like, if you see one, five, five, seven, one, it means you are being led, (laughs) you know? And so I, I kind of just find them amusing. I think in particular, I am really happy that people are more open. And if these mass appeal angel number posts get people to start thinking about their angels, then I really like that. But overall, I think that angel numbers in general have been so overly defined and regulated. And that's like the opposite energy of the angelic realm. Like there are no rules. And I feel like as humans, we try to define everything, but in reality, what is your subconscious attraction to these numbers? What is, were you number five on the basketball team? And now you uh, associate the number five, five, five with like endurance exertion, like going after it, being part of a team or winning, being victorious. And then maybe you hate the number four, maybe for all, for some reason you've always hated four. Then if you see a definition, that's like four, four, four means unconditional love, then that's not going to resonate for you. And so I think that there are these, um, collective consciousness definitions of the angel numbers, especially with the vibrations of numerology infused with that. But I think when it comes to these really specific numbers that come through, it's more on us to ask ourselves, what are the associations that we have personally with this? And the thing is angels work in mysterious ways and approach it with joyful curiosity. And maybe someone who just needed that validation and sees that 
angel number, even if someone arbitrarily just defined and gave a definition to it, maybe that's actually what they needed. And so I just try to stay light with it. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. But I think you're right. Like the number six to me, because I love numerology is Mm -hmm. not scary. It's all about nurturing yourself, self-care, being an entrepreneur, mothering, parenting. And my friend kept seeing 66 wherever she went. And she was like, that's one digit away from the devil. And Route 66 is haunted. And it was like terrifying her. And so I thought, well, for her, that's going to have a whole different meaning than it would for me. So that's, that's very good advice. It's interesting because the number 666, when it comes to angel numbers actually is an angel number. And it's all about like releasing fear, coming back to balance, coming back to the divine feminine. Um, because 666 in the Bible was actually code for emperor Nero. And in the alphabet, they couldn't actually spell it out because they would get like persecuted if they wrote that in the Bible. So they coded it 666, which I guess if you translate alphabetically. I forget if it was Greek or um, Hebrew. I'm not sure. But if you translated it, it would say Nero. And then so it got so misconstrued and people were like the mark of the beast, but it actually has nothing to do with that energy. That's such a good point. Read your history books. (laughs) Personally, I think connection with angelic realm or with your angels is personal. So exactly. the, The numerology is a great, great example of that. Why would someone come to you for a reading? So do you get a, a pattern? Because I think some people say, who are my, we get that a lot when we do readings, Samantha and I, who are my guardian angels? Who are my people? Who am I connecting with? Is, is yeah. this flash of light mean? Mm-hmm. I had the coolest thing happen though. The other day I was talking to someone and this woman said, I know I'm connected with the angels when I see all of these beautiful sparkly lights around and the color shift, this woman's an artist. And she mm-hmm. said, the colors shift and I know that they're bringing in. And she said, but she exactly said what you did. She said, the feeling I get from that is peace and love and comfort and, and solace. So if, if someone wanted to book with you, what would be some things that you would offer? Yeah, I love that. And I just want to say that her being an artist and her angels coming through as beautiful lights of changing color makes so much sense because our angels are attuned to our highest frequency. So she's connected with color and art and visuals. And so that's how her angels will present to her. And that's, I just had a reading the other day with someone who she asked me how her angels communicated with her. And they showed me a past life where she was this librarian in a huge archive and that they communicate to her through books and study. And she gets the messages she needs through studying and what lights her up and attracts her. They, uh, they communicate a lot through curiosity. And so it doesn't always look the same for everyone. And she said, that's crazy. I love books. That makes so much sense. I've been perpetually a student my entire life. I'm getting my next master's. So everybody's angels are completely attuned to what you love. And when you're connected with your joy, that's when they can come through to you. So keep an open mind with how that comes through. And so, yeah, in a reading with me, it's a very common question to say, who are my angels? And I think that's projecting human consciousness onto the divine because they're not restricted by form or name, even technically the name angel is limiting. It's just the closest vibrational match to what they are. And so I think that they will take forms, they will take colors, they will take names to help us understand them, but it's less important 
than what they are and why they are around you and what they are helping you with. Um, so yeah, in a session with me, I basically start with some visualizations, get into the space. I have you repeat out loud after me a prayer to call your angels in and invite them in to be of service. And from there, I give you any initial impressions that I get from them, anything they want you to know from me. And then the component of free will is so important. So I have you ask your questions to me. And as soon as you ask your questions to me, I start pulling cards. I get a lot of information. And so it's really a, uh, you know, in racing, when the drivers pull off to the side and it's a pit stop and they like get a water bottle and they get a towel. It's almost like a spiritual version of that. It's like, okay, go back into the race of life. It's kind of giving you the guidance, the clarity, the love, the knowing that you're supported. And sometimes people come with really big life things that's going on. Like, should they get a divorce? Should they move here? What should they do? And it's really beautiful to have their angels in direct communication, helping them navigate it. Yeah. It's so, it's so nice just to be able to have someone you could kind of just pause and, and, and check in with, you know, and, and say, am I on the right path? Are you seeing, Denise and I talk about this a lot. It seems as though in readings, the theme will kind of clump together. Like you'll get a lot of people going through a divorce or you'll yeah. get a week of readings of people changing careers. Are you seeing themes shifting or changing as we go through this uh, what did you call it, Denise, this interesting time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And it's so strange how almost different reading days that I have have people coming in with the same reasons. It's so strange. And my angels and I play a little game where the last song of the session on my meditation playlist has a message for the person. And like, it's always so eerily accurate to what was happening. Um, but I see like, people coming in on Thursday are all asking about fertility. People coming in on Friday are all asking about divorce. It's so interesting how it's all clumped, but the main theme that I see is that, and I talked about this. So right now feels like a moment where we're weeding things out from the roots and it's like a lot of change. And I think something that I see in all of my readings is this one, a major reawakening and spiritual remembering, like major. Two is really these outdated cycles of things that people have not been honest with themselves about if they really want them or if they chose this from a place of love or felt pushed into it, whether it's um, relationships, careers, whatever it is, where they live. It feels like right now is this time of massive crossroad energy of really weeding the garden and having the bravery to plant new things and let them bloom. And it kind of comes in different ways, but I see that in so many of my readings. Well, wait, don't we have Chiron retrograde right now yes. or something? So yes. does that go hand in hand with that spiritual weeding and remembering? Yes. So Chiron went retrograde in Aries on July 18th, I believe. And for Aries is the theme of like starting something new, starting a new path. If you are interested in tarot, it's like the full energy when you are filled with such passion, and optimism that you don't think about what could go wrong and you start the journey out of a pure hearted place. And so when a planet goes retrograde, it becomes internal, the energy becomes internal instead of being external. And so, um, now is this moment to really 
identify all of the blocks that are keeping us from our new path and what we want to create and how even the blocks keeping us from our inner fire that just is passionate and lit up. A lot of people feel stuck. And to those people, I say the stuckness is the message. If you're asking for a message and you continually get the feeling of being stuck, it's the message that something needs to be cut and shed and released. That's keeping you in that place. And so, uh, yeah, Aries also can rule the inner child and childhood. So I think a lot of deep childhood wounds and patterns from childhood will come up with this Aries retrograde. And what I get intuitively about this Aries uh, Chiron retrograde in Aries. And for those not familiar, Chiron is the planet of the inner wound. It's where we must heal ourselves so that we can shine our light on the world. And what I get intuitively from Chiron retrograde in Aries is like not letting yourself feel wounded by the timelines of how things are happening, not feeling like, Oh, by this age, I should have this, or by this age, I should have accomplished this. It feels like a lot of shadow around accomplishments and timelines and what you project needs to be your trajectory could be coming up to be healed too. Well, that sounds light and easy. (laughs) (laughs) Super fun. (laughs) You can feel the passion, how much you love this. So, and it, it's very much, uh, you found your calling and I feel like part of your work is also to help other people step more fully into like you're, you're lighting the way and helping make this connection with the angel team to help people find their own inner knowing. So where can people find you? What, what other, what other adventures are going on with you, Taylor? Yeah. Thank you so much. So my Instagram is at angels and amethyst with two underscores in between. Be very careful on Instagram um, because there's so many people pretending to be me and not just me, but so many readers on Instagram. So just know no legit reader will ever DM you. We're on, uh, most of us are on a wait list. So please just be really careful with your energy. I'll never cold DM you. I'll never ask for money. The only way to sign up Uh, with me is my website, angelsandamethyst.com and and is spelled out. And on there, you can join the waitlist for a reading. It is a little bit crazy at the moment, but you can join the waitlist. I also have an offering each month called Earth Angel Club, where I give astrological updates, um, an energetic update, and then I do like a little group reading. And that session also gives you a priority access to schedule with me because I believe my list goes into 2024 at this point. And from there, I also have a love life workshop coming out and with the code presale, you can get $33 off. It's all about connecting with your angels to attract a soulmate connection. Beautiful. That sounds exciting. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay. So the, I'll, I'll write this down for our Facebook, uh, Instagram listeners, love life workshop. And the code is presale. Yes. Pre-sale. Okay. Do you, do you know when that will be it's live on my website now? And then I believe September 1st is the day that the code is no longer active. Got so it. depending on when this comes out. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for coming on and just sharing about your experience and giving people some really important reminders that our angels are always with us, surrounding us, loving us and supporting us. Yes, everybody has angels and they are always with you. Thank you, Taylor. And so once again, that's angelsandamethyst.com. We'll put it in the show notes. And we hope that you all have a beautiful week filled with angelic connections. And please remember, as always, to show up 
do good work and share your light. Take care.